Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Insane in the membrane. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's your old pal, Rich Wilson. And this week, I'm joined by sugar-coated sisters, Chloe and Tabby. How are you? Hello. Really well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I keep, I nearly keep saying Sugar Spun, sister, because it's a <laughs> Stone Roses song that's <laughs> in my head from 30 years ago. Yeah, um, someone called us uh, the Sugar Free Sisters the other day. We were like, oh, that's <laughs> kind of the opposite of what we're going for. But, yeah. yeah, I was, I was looking at your uh, the, the stuff for your show that you've got on at the Soho Theatre. Uh, congratulations, that's all right, isn't it? Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, amazing. Um, and straight away, I know, I know, having myself having to write a quick is like bio for the show. So it, 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 you, there's a lot in a short space of time. Like straight away, you just, just you you cover so much ground. Uh, bipolar, diabetes, and then it straight and then it was musical. Thing, and then it was like, and we haven't had sex for two years. I was like, well, all right, uh, cool. That's all right. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> so is that the show summed up? Is it? <laughs> Well, that's interesting because we actually didn't put that in our Edinburgh <clears throat> run um, copy. But it's right. true that we haven't had sex in two years. And, yeah, we just thought, oh, yeah, you know, sex and love addiction and codependency and all of that stuff. We didn't – it's in the show, but we didn't really push it that much. So we were like, ah, oh, better put that in too. Right. Is that why it's at the end? It's kind of yeah. Like, it's oh, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny. I ended up – I ended up – I talking about sex addiction. I went to – I'm not, by the way. I, I, I think I accidentally got sent – to, an, to the, one of the, the, you know, like Alcoholics Anonymous and Sex Addicts Anonymous and things like that. And uh, the, I had a, it was a counsellor that I had br- uh, briefly. <clears throat> and he said, I think you need to go to this to this club. And I sort of went, I went along, and everyone, there was all like sex addicts and things like that. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not this. This isn't, I'm having trouble with relationships. It's not, it's not, uh, and yeah, I kind well, of, yeah. That's interesting. I've, I've been to some of these <clears throat> meetings also. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, I identify more with love addiction, but I That's I what they said, it. yeah. Oh, this is the thing. I, I, I thought, oh, I'm not a sex addict, though, I don't think. And then somebody said, yeah, but are you addicted to any of your other relationships? Are you addicted to your friendships? Are you addicted to your family relationships? Oh. And I was like, no. And they were like, well, who are you addicted to? And I was like, oh, yeah, people I'm having sex with, damn it. So <laughs> I realised that that's actually quite closely correlated. <laughs> I think it was that. I, I, yeah, it was the it was the sort of... I, mean, I was addicted to the, well, not necessarily addicted, but I love the kind of the beginning of a relationship, you know, when you first meet someone and it's all yeah. exciting and all that. And I was, and I was, that was a bit that I was focusing on. And then after a while, when that goes away, I was like, okay, 
now what? And just and kept fucking it all up. So, yeah. But to sit there in a room full of people that are sex addicts, I was like, I don't really think they should be in a room together. This well, to be fair, they are all really good looking. That's what I have found. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's important work. It's important work, the things that they do in these rooms. And um, actually, you know, it really helped me. I went to my first sex and love addicts meeting um, during lockdown and I remember thinking oh wow this makes so much sense I actually haven't thought about it that much but now that I've come to think of it maybe actually that's one of my main problems in my life and I hadn't really thought about it like that until I heard other people talking about it and thought wow I really relate actually Mm. and I'm uh, I'm not a sex or love addict um but I uh do whatever chloe does so i've just by proxy accidentally not had sex for two years um (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just on the journey uh with her um very supportive that is very supportive well we shared a room with uh bunk beds for a year um just well last year when in the lead up to the fringe so i think that's partly why as well we just don't Ah. really have don't have the time or space no we don't (laughs) (laughs) i mean having done that myself when i was growing up with my brother um there's a yeah there's a lot of politics goes on with a bunk bed (laughs) you know like especially when you're younger and you want to be on the top and there's a fight there's always a fight but now that we're older and we just need wheeze all the time during the night it's actually whoever gets to sleep (laughs) on the bottom (laughs) yeah and it's usually me because tabby since she was very young has always had an obsession of having you know a high up bed like right. Even right now, I'm looking at her bed, and it's like basically in the sky. I don't know why she she would made you know she likes tree houses. That's like being up there, yeah. It's like being up in the sky, up in the up in the clouds, yeah. Yeah. I I do remember <clears throat> one of the earliest children's books I had was, and it was very progressive for its time. It was a it was a mum, and she was always telling her kid to pick his pick his stuff up, tidy his room, and um and then one day she was she sort of looked up at the at the lights and she was like, oh, maybe, oh, that, then the kid said, I want to, I want to live where the spider lives in the light. And so the mum went down and she put, and she bought, she, she got these blocks of wood and she was cutting them up and she made this bed on stilts. And then, so that's up, so the kid was up where the spider was and he had all this space to play with. Uh, you know, and it was a really good book considering it was in the, it was written in the seventies. Oh, that is, I think I would like yeah. that. You actually go back in time. And... <laughs> yeah, just have a bed right up high above everything so you can just leave all your shit everywhere all over the floor. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> are you tidy with it? Do you, do you keep it tidy or is it just carnage if you're living no, in it? No, not really, uh, yeah. We're not very tidy people. In, no. Well, our whole family actually are not very tidy people, except our little sister has got really super duper organized since she's been at university. Right. Um, so she she always shames us when she comes around. So we have to tidy <laughs> for her. <laughs> but that's one of the good yeah. It's one of the good things about you know, you know, she we asked her to sort of be the producer for our show and she was yeah. like really excited. She was like, I'll get a clipboard, I'll make lists and we were like, cool, because we don't want to be doing that. So, you know, she she's got very useful skills. She yeah. also really likes you know, one of our cats, and she, you know, it's not. Well, it's kind of her cat, really, but it lives with our with our family, and she's just always asking for pictures and stuff like that. And when she comes home to tidy the kitchen, her main priority is always clearing this space, all of these spaces on the counters, to make sure that the cat has somewhere to lie down. Right. Which <laughs> the cat never does have somewhere to lie down, so it's, it works out quite well. <laughs> the cat must be stressed. That's, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, there's you two, like, you just, like, you're being, you know, on one side, you're just being free. You know, like, you know, I don't need to be 
restricted with all this need to put things away and tidy up and you know but you not yeah. find it stressful trying to find stuff yes well i know where everything is within the mess <laughs> <laughs> i know which pile of stuff it's under i know what the different piles are um so it's quite good except actually in in the mess i have lost one really important prop for our show right um, that we've been looking for for a good like three and a half weeks now uh, that i can't find anywhere and i have that's one thing that I have zero recollection of where it could be. Um, so it does have its downsides. <laughs> <laughs> Your floor yeah. robe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there are some costumes from our Edinburgh show that we actually have not washed yet. And the Soho show's <laughs> coming up in a week and, and, and we, we need to go and wash them. You know, they, we had our tech rehearsal yesterday and we got them out. And we were like, oh, my God. To be fair, they smell a little bit less now than they did because of just being in the air. Being in the air. We, we need yeah. to properly wash them. <laughs> <laughs> so you, <laughs> have you played Soho Theatre before? No, it's the first, first time. time. Yeah. So you have this prestigious, you know, this this you've reached this level where you're playing Soho Theatre and it's a big deal. I remember when I did it and I was so excited. I went and bought myself a new jumper because I was playing Soho Theatre. And you're <laughs> digging out your outfits from August <laughs> and like blowing them off. Well, that'll be fine. That'll be right. fine. <laughs> Just no for breezing. <laughs> it took us quite a long time to recover from from the fringe run i think so it's like we'll put those things out of sight out of mind for a little yeah. bit and then um when soho contacted us in in january we were like oh wow like we are actually going to do this show quite soon yeah. <laughs> and then by the time the show rolls around like th- yesterday when we had our tech rehearsal we were thinking oh my god it's actually been about seven months since the fringe but it feels like last month you know yeah it just the the time just all merges into one kind of mess it does <laughs> i think i think last year's edinburgh fringe was very stressful i think a lot of us a lot of us physically or mentally put our stuff to one side left it in bags and went i'm gonna i'll deal with that later on because that was a <laughs> That was hard work. That was, I'm not going to lie to you, that was fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, everybody felt the same, I feel. I've had lots of conversations with different different comedians and, and performers, and they've all said the same thing. Last year's was was brutal. Yeah, we, we've, yeah, that's the impression that we get also. Mm. I mean, yeah. We don't yeah. really have much to sort of compare it to, because it was our debut. Oh, really? Yeah. It, well, we've been before when we were younger mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, our act it's quite quite new it's only been yeah. like two years and so and we only started playing live this time last year almost really yeah oh, although okay. yeah. you know we're real sisters so we grew up together and you know <laughs> imagine you that know. that's a big reveal actually <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> but you know so i play guitar and tabby plays double bass so we've played together quite a lot mm. when we were growing up you know in a little folk band and stuff like that so it's Brilliant. not really our first time on stage or anything like that but it was our debut as this act a comedy act yeah i think it's this i think last year's edinburgh um was one of the most stressful that i've ever experienced i've been i've been going up there since 2014 doing shows and um yeah last year's was a hard one i think i think this year's might be better might be a bit more there'd be because there's other other factors we have to deal with so i think if you're going to go again i think it might be all right this time everything might have settled down a little bit Maybe it's still going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. You're still going to come back in tears and uh, you know <laughs> question your life choices. But 
Not as much as last year. I think you might get your outfits out of your suitcases a bit earlier. Okay, fair. <laughs> yes, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> you get them out in January, maybe, you know. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you grew up together and like, and you and you gig together. Do you find that, do you find that hard, the sisters? Because I know I've got, I've got brothers and sisters and we, I lo- we love each other dearly, but we don't really see each other. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare that people sort of relate to our relationship you know yeah. a lot of the time the first thing people say is wow oh my god you you are in an act with your sister that must be so horrible I barely I can't even talk to my sister for one minute without a fight erupting and blah 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 but we've got a very sort of unique relationship in a way because I didn't like her when she was first born you right. know I wasn't happy about <laughs> it I felt really upset this, you know? this seems like news yeah yeah, is it (laughs) no but you know I was quite a sensitive child and I was a bit like what do you mean mum like why Mm. why am I I guess apparently I mean I can't remember I was only two but my mum says that she sensed I was very upset but was trying to hide it and I think that this is actually quite a common thing in um the eldest child and I've spoken you know my therapist way back when was often explaining that it can lead to certain patterns when you're older when when you're the eldest child as any you know the youngest child has the same thing the middle mm. child has the same thing but um but yeah no we were just always really close really best friends yeah. since we were young really and it's you know we we, we just are one person now really we've kind of morphed it's not like a long-term <laughs> thing but <laughs> i'm sure we'll sort of find our own personalities again but for the time being we're kind of just at a really good symbiosis or whatever yeah Is that the right word yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah it's, it's quite yeah it's I was just going to say, it's quite interesting as well, like the difference between, um, you know, we took our band incredibly seriously when we were younger. Like, you know, (laughs) it it was folk pop and we, you know, it was the be all and end all. And we played quite a lot of festivals in the UK and we, we, (laughs) we won a a Brit class act award for like teenagers when we were 13 and 15. Um, And, you know, we, we really, it was super serious, you know, be quiet audience we're playing you some genius music right now <laughs> you know um and now move like with musical comedy it's the complete opposite it's like you know laugh you bastards like make some noise yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting how much it's just gone you know it's done a 180 of like what we kind of need when we're on stage um so yeah it's just a, it's a really weird yeah change. but back to your question about the sisterhood you know we're in a bit of a codependent vibe at the moment i would say because we we spend basically all of our time together watch tv series together eat yeah. together we're just we're, we're basically together like literally 95 percent of the time like when wow. tabby has to go and hang out with her friends i like don't know what to do with myself <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know uh, yeah. so we're in that kind of zone but i'm sure we'll get back to normal sort of i mean do you and your brother um we together uh no <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> my brother, I think my brother would find it extremely odd if I, one, turned up uh, and two, just went, right, I need a piss, you're coming. <laughs> gonna, do you need a piss? We'll go to, we might as well go together. Is that what you do? <laughs> That's exactly what we do. <laughs> well, do you know what? My wife will hate me for saying this, but where, where are our lounges at the minute? With the with the, the bathroom door is right, so we watch the telly there, and then the bathroom door is right there. And a lot of the time, she'll go in there and leave the door open, and she's just like, "I just want to make sure you're there. I just want to. I just want to. I feel safer when you're around." Oh, that's pretty cute. You know, yeah, so now nice. we <laughs> so now we pee with the door open. 
Oh, she'll hate not, you for yeah. saying that. No, I'm sure she'll forgive you. It's a nice thing, you know. Yeah, it's nice. It shows a, it shows a um, comfort and it shows a, a level of relaxation. Like comf- you're comfortable around each other. And if you're, you know, you're, you can just, I suppose you don't even think about it, do you? You just go and yeah. the other one just happens to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's just very unusual. I, for me, it's not unusual for you. But it's unusual for me. Because I like I say I've got a brother and a sister, and we all love each other very much. We don't see each other very often, and we don't really message each other and things like that. We're not particularly close in that aspect, but you know, so it's quite unusual for me to meet people that, especially sisters that are together all the time. Um, does that not get stressful at all? Not really. I mean, we we have about <laughs> we realised this was true once, and now this is sort of what we always say when somebody asks us, but we, we basically have a massive fight like about twice per year. Okay. And then the rest of the time it's pretty chill. Right, not super right. massive. Yeah, not like huge. Not like, like physical no. or anything. But just like a bit of a like, you know, storming off kind of moment. Oh, yeah. But then the other yeah. one storms off, but you storm off together. <laughs> <laughs> and then we meet up later in the bathroom for a quick... <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah, you're kind of uh, <laughs> apology piss. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I'm now. sorry. <laughs> nice. I've been hanging out with my dad too much. Man. Oh, that I'm was a proper, dad joke train. Yeah, that was a proper dad pun. Well done. <laughs> um, but like, so the other things in your bio, you were talking about diabetes and you were talking about bipolar. Um, how do they play a factor in your relationship? Like, who's who's which was who's diabetic? Me, Tabby. You are. Yeah. And is that and that's and then that um, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, the, the other one what's the one it's the one you're born with Isn't well one? type one so there's type one and type two mm. um so you you can be born with type one diabetes um mm. but i'm not mine's not genetic um okay. no one in my family has it um and i basically developed early adult onset early onset adult diabetes mm. which is basically for some reason, loads of people develop type 1 diabetes when they're about 17, 18 years old. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and basically uh, my immune system just accidentally attacked the cells in my pancreas. So now I just have an organ that doesn't do its job, oh, <laughs> uh, that doesn't shit. work. Yeah, so I inject myself with insulin yeah. manually. Well, I used to, but two years ago I got a uh, an insulin pump. So okay. now I just have this little machine that just sends me. There you go. You see it there. Uh, it sends insulin yeah. through a tube, which is incredible technology. And I'm, I was really, really lucky. You know, I'm so grateful to the NHS because they've, you know, saved my life many times mm. from from my diabetes, and it makes my life so much easier. Particularly being on stage, because I used to panic quite a lot when I worked as a musical theatre actress because I would check my blood sugar. And it would be fine. Mm. And then I'd go on stage for a dance number. And halfway through the dance number, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm oh, going to die. Yeah. Um, and I'd have to go and glug a Lucasaid. So now it's just really lovely being on stage and having the, you know, my blood sugar reading is always being sent to my phone every two minutes. So I can kind of track myself. Wow. Um, yeah, which is just incredible. But yeah. one of the main things about the diabetes is um, when I was diagnosed at 17, it was kind of at the time when all of my friends were going out, you know, had yeah. passed their driving tests, were going out to festivals in the summer, taking loads of drugs, staying mm. up all night drinking. And I was like, oh, I'm suddenly just so aware of my own mortality. Like, I'm oh, actually yeah. 
completely in control of whether I live or die. (laughs) Because if I miss my, if I don't inject for a couple of days, I'll Mm. die. Really? Just fall into a diabetic coma and... Yeah. So, you know, and I started thinking things like, if there was a zombie apocalypse, literally I would die. So, you know... What am I going to do? If I was in a shipwreck, I literally, don't save me. There's no point because in a few days I'll be dead. So, wow. yeah, it's a bit existential, really. It's a, that's a lot to take on at a young age. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so did that stop you going out and doing the things that you're not supposed to do? Or did you kind of ever, you had to just have to be aware, you just kind of balance it out. You go, all right, I'm going to get off my head, but... I need to make sure there's a Mars bar in my pocket or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. I had some fun. T- my friends were amazing as well when I was diagnosed. And, you know, they'd all kind of be on it together. They'd all have snacks in their purse. They mm. all knew how to work my blood checking machine. Um, you know, so, so they'd always check on me if we had a late night and went to bed in the morning. They'd always wake me up and be like, are you OK? Do you need anything? Um, but it was more just the anxiety, you know, mm. of, of suddenly knowing that you have a chronic illness that, Especially one that there's so much stigma about, you know, like, oh, you've got diabetes, you're going to end up with no legs or you're going to go mm. blind and blah, blah, blah. Um, were you an obese child? You know, all of these things yeah. that you get asked quite frequently um, just kind of builds up. But I think that's part of the reason why, well, Chloe with her bipolar as well. But, mm. you know, you kind of do comedy is such a, a, a release for me because, yeah. you know everyone else is making their jokes about diabetes so actually back off man <laughs> i'm gonna make them instead <laughs> but you're right there is that assumption that if you've got diabetes is because you've led an unhealthy lifestyle you've yeah an unhealthy unhealthy life and it's not it's just a question of your your immune system doing weird things and and it comes from that and it's yeah, there, we need to. Do, we do need to have more of a conversation because I don't really know much about diabetes. I know people. I remember when I was at school, there was a kid, Jason West, and he always had to have biscuits on him. <laughs> I couldn't work out. He told me why, but it still didn't make sense to me. Mm. He was always like, "Oh, I'm diabetic," so I was always like, "Oh, you've had too much sugar," and then he'd have to have a biscuit, and I go, "But that's too much sugar." So yeah. I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. It's, I mean, I really had no idea about diabetes. Um, and basically, I, I, it was, it's about a mile walk to the train station in our town, maybe just under. Yeah. And when I was at sixth form, um, I couldn't do the walk to the train station without stopping in about four corner shops and buying a two litre bottle of water and downing it. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's a bit weird that I'm so thirsty all the time. You know, that's kind of not mm. normal. Um, so I got home and I remember I, was, I had been telling my mum, complaining about how thirsty I was and how my vision was going a bit blurry and I thought I needed glasses maybe and, you know, I just couldn't sleep because I needed to wee all through the night because I was drinking so much water. Yeah. And then she had been to the doctors and she said, oh, I saw a sign in the doctor's surgery that that's one of the symptoms of diabetes. Why don't you just, like, look it up? And I was like, oh, okay. So I typed it into Google. You know, I literally did Google diagnose myself. But mm. I typed into Google and it came up with the top seven symptoms of diabetes and I just was like my heart sank and I was like, oh my God, that's, that's what it yeah. is. That makes so much sense. Wow. Um, so yeah. Was, and, yeah. And isn't it funny when you, when you suddenly, cause you suffer with it for a bit, any, any kind of illness or malady and you're kind of, you know, it, but when someone actually turns around and says, oh, it's because of this, even when they say the words straight away, there's a relief. You kind of go, oh, that understanding of, ah, right. And you, you automatically, you immediately start to feel better. Oh, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? It's a really, really weird thing yeah, when it happens. It is. It's, it's so interesting. Um, and then, 
you know, I think if it had kind of ended there, then it would have been okay. But I actually went to the doctors to talk to them. And, uh, and you know, I think partially because I was a young girl, you know, they really medically gaslit me and told me I was Ooh. wasting doctor's time and I should stop being a drama queen and I was just trying to miss school and I should go oh, home. Wow. And um, they actually refused to give me a blood test there and then. And nice. um, then six days later they were ringing my mum saying, get her an ambulance immediately because she's actually got diabetes. Whoops, sorry, lol. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, to tell yeah. you. Um, Butterfingers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I could have avoided being... Uh, my my blood sugar got so high that I was ketoacidosic, which is where your, your blood basically goes a bit, you know, acidic-y. Oh. Um, you know, super, super high sugar, bad for your oh, organs. Yeah. You know, your heart is trying to pump this, like, heavy, sugary blood yeah, around yeah, your body. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it can cause long-term damage. So I was in hospital for about 10 days when I was diagnosed with, with that problem. And uh, I just remember thinking, wow, if that doctor had just believed me and just taken five minutes to give me a little fingerprint yeah. blood test, we could have avoided that. But... um yeah, so it's an issue we're yeah. very passionate about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm not yeah. surprised. I mean, it's that taking it on at such a, a young age and having that responsibility, and then you know, because because you're a kid, no one takes you seriously, you know, before that. So they were like, yeah, whatever. You're just you know taking the piss. That was when, like, when I was growing up, I didn't tell people if if I, if, if there was something wrong because I knew that it wouldn't make any difference. They kind of go, no, you're just trying to get a day off school. You'd have to yeah. be, you know, like they, like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, there's a bit when the sister says, you know, it's not fair, you get a day off just because you're sick, and I have to be bleeding out of my eyes. <laughs> like, there has to be, I, I'd have to walk into the bedroom with my head under my arms going, Mum, something's happened. <laughs> yeah. To, to then go, you've got a day off. That's all right, fine, you're not well. But it would take that, lit, literally that. Um, so, well, I'm glad. So you've got a handle on it now. You've got the pump. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's easier to manage. And yeah. do you have to keep an eye on, does it let you know when the levels are low so you can fill it up? and Yeah, well, literally. Yeah. yeah, it has like two different, well, it has three different kind of vibrate settings or you can put sound on it. Um, mm. But I turned off the sound because it was waking Chloe up in the middle of the night, which she didn't appreciate. <laughs> no. um, so now it just, you know, it vibrates if my, my blood sugar's high. It vibrates three times if my blood sugar's going low. Um, it's just amazing and helps you, you stay in range. But yeah. um, something so interesting we found as well from from posting these you know, musical comedy versions of our mm. diagnoses <laughs> online um, is, you know, we get thousands of comments of people saying, um, you know, my four-year-old son has just been diagnosed and we have a really similar diagnosis story to you. And it's like, you know, sometimes even the people that we have to put so much faith in to like tell us what's wrong with us mm. don't actually uh, necessarily either know all the symptoms that that are actually diabetes and you know it can present itself slightly differently in different people as well and um you know there are so many possible things that could be wrong with you if you exhibit the signs of diabetes because they're quite general sometimes yeah 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 um, which is why you know more and more people now get screened for diabetes when they go into hospital because it's like well if it's that that's actually we can fix that so mm. make sure it's not that but you know seeing these thousands of people that all had a similar story to me I was like wow that's really interesting actually and a lot of them were young women right okay um which i thought was really interesting as well yeah yeah, yeah. why why i wonder why it's particularly more women i mean my, to be honest it's, it's men again men won't men won't go to the doctor yeah you know i would so say so the chances of them getting diagnosed before it's too late are very similar i literally went to the doctors about a month ago because my wife i just said i just casually said to my wife 
I think I've got, I'm, I'm kind of showing the symptoms for diabetes. I'm a bit worried. And uh, she's like, go to the doctor. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you. I said, I've, like you did, I've Googled it and it keeps coming up. And I'm like, she's like, so the next thing, because I'm a giant baby, she's like, right, you've got to go and see the doctor on Friday morning. I'm like, all right, thanks. And I went and we did the test and like that. It just turns out I didn't drink enough water. <laughs> So all the symptoms, a lot of the symptoms from being dehydrated are also very similar yeah. to diabetes, like the fatigue, uh, things, you know, your you're dry, dry skin, yeah. just wasn't, I wasn't hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that as well, get hydrated people and then see what your symptoms are like, you know, but keep an eye on it because it might be, because no one wants to lose their feet. Come on. That's what we talked about at the beginning. Yeah. No, no one wants to do it. It's always feet as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so so well, I'm glad you got a handle on it, and it's good that oh. you're talking about it because, as you say, obviously it's a big issue, and now thousands of people are feeling more confident about talking about it as well. So that's great, nice work, Thanks. yeah, lovely work. And you, and so you, so you were talking about being bipolar. Yes. Now, how did how did that? How I mean, I don't know much about that. I don't know much about these things as I'm not a trained doctor. So how did how did that come about? How did you know? How did you know to look for that? What happened? Yeah, well, basically, my maternal uncle had bipolar. Mm. Um, so I never met him because, unfortunately, he died. Um, oh, sorry. And basically, I always thought that I might have bipolar because <clears throat> I just kind of thought, well, you know, the symptoms of mania or hypermania seem kind of, like, accurate to what mm. I sometimes feel. I sometimes feel very sort of fizzy in my brain and very creative and my thoughts sort of race quite a lot and mm. you know I don't necessarily not enjoy it sometimes I feel quite happy to be sort of in this weird yeah. state and sometimes I sort of would be saying weird things to people like I feel like every atom in my body is vibrating with joy and energy <laughs> and you know I can feel the molecules swimming around and, and they'd be like hmm it's a bit weird okay. Um, okay. and so I kind yeah. of felt this way since I was really young and you know bipolar sort of manifests itself slightly later in life sometimes like in your 20s as opposed to when you're an actual child yeah. but I um I don't know I always sort of felt a connection to to that and to, to you know when people would describe how my uncle was I sometimes thought hmm I feel a bit like that sometimes um yeah. and I thought I had bipolar since I was really young because I knew something was a bit perhaps wrong with me yeah. <laughs> or perhaps a bit different about the way I thought compared to some of my other friends and family um but I wasn't diagnosed until I was 26 oh, and I'm wow. 30 now and that was four years ago and I went to see you know psychiatrists and mm. everything when I was maybe like 21 and said, I think I might have bipolar guys. And they were like, Oh no, I don't think so. Really? I think that, yeah, it's the same thing. I was medically gaslit. Yeah. They oh, didn't, wow. um, they just thought I had other stuff wrong with me. And I was like, but it literally can run in the family and I've literally got it in the family. So mm. don't you think that, and then, yeah, don't you think we should look yeah. into it? But you know, eventually I was told by quite, a, quite like forcefully give up on this thing. I don't think you've got that. I think mm. you're just depressed with, you know anxiety and I was like oh okay so so I, I really like suddenly thought okay maybe everyone else is right maybe I maybe I'm wrong with this like gut feeling I think maybe I'm wrong so I just kind of sort of gave up on it for a while yeah. but then I entered um, a hypermanic episode again um right. quite a sort of severe one my family were kind of like are you on drugs 
Like, oh, well, wow. my little sister, not Tabby, the other one, she kind of said, <laughs> are you on drugs? And if so, can I have some? Because, <laughs> you know, I was just it was like, obviously a good. It was obviously a good high you seemed to be on. It was a good high for me at the time. But, uh, well, you know, I'm quite self-aware in general. So if I am feeling high, sometimes I kind of know that I'm feeling high and mm. I can kind of somewhat sense that it probably isn't going to last like this. Yeah. And that, but, so I, it's kind of good and um, Good and bad, you know, it's not all good mania. People sometimes think that mania is super fun, but yeah. it's it's not. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Um, no. So, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. So yes, I finally was diagnosed, um, but it was it took quite a lot of sort of like work. It's, I think it's because bipolar people often only go to the doctors when they're feeling down, as opposed to okay. when they're feeling up. So it's yeah, quite hard to catch. Feel the need, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's quite difficult to recognise if mm. if you say to a doctor when you're feeling down, especially when you're feeling down, you say to a doctor, "Sometimes I feel really weirdly up and like fuzzy and fizzy." They're like. Hmm. don't think so so yeah, right. it's yeah it's not easy to catch but it's like ridiculous how little and like so many bipolar people when we post videos online about it say oh my god it took me 10 years to get diagnosed or mm. they say i'm 50 and i was only diagnosed last year and you know it's just it's there should be more known about it probably because the diagnosis process is not it's not good no i think well let's see i don't know much about that either i don't i have a vague idea of what it is to to be bipolar and that's the thing is that you are bipolar it's not you don't have it you are it well actually that's right? not quite true no um a lot of people would rather say i have bipolar than i okay. am bipolar right. because it's one of those things where you know it's not something that completely defines me and yeah, i just yeah, have yeah. it I, I personally do say i have bipolar as opposed to i am bipolar although mm. some bipolar people do choose to say that too yeah yeah. Okay. See, conversations yeah. like that because I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, yeah. no, it's all good. It's good to yeah. discuss these things. This is it. This comes up quite a bit on this podcast. Is because sometimes you just got to just just say how you just say it. Just say I don't understand that. Is it this or is it that? Yeah. And nine times out of ten, people are going to be cool with it. You know, it's like yeah. with pronouns and things like that. It's just very easy to go. So, what are your pronouns? Just so I know going yeah, forward. Totally. 
and it could be it's going to be clumsy the first time you do it but you know, the more the more you do it the more the easier it gets and then we get to find out stuff like that so just little bits like that and now i'm like oh yeah okay yeah that's fair it's a, it's one of those, I, so when you're so so do you know when when it's started to happen because i know we've had, we've had um, richard hardesty on and uh, i was talking to him about it and he's had like really manic episodes where he's just walked to margate like his whole show silly boy is about one of these massive, this particular manic episode that he had. Can you feel it starting to come on? Um, well, I'm medicated now. So now right. I'm on lithium um, yeah. and another thing as well, um, lamotrigine. Mm. And so I don't really, I don't really get manic anymore. So no. it's hard for me to sort of remember, but I can sometimes feel it coming on if I'm in a really high pressure situation. Funnily enough, the performing live, sometimes once it's over, <laughs> I <Right>. feel really happy <laughs> and sort of <laughs> am a bit high from the sort of stage and from the yeah. connecting to people. And I do sometimes feel a bit of what I call it is I call I feel like streaks of mania, you know. Right, right, right. I just I and I think also because I have bipolar. I think I remember what it's like to be in a hypermanic episode. And mm. I remember what it's like to be really, really depressed. So I think that my ability to sort of flick between this, the, the extremes of the spectrum are a little bit higher than yeah. somebody without bipolar. So I can kind of remember those, how that could have occurred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really scare me that much because I sometimes think, well, you know, it's not it's not a bad thing to have tiny streaks. Like it's almost all right because it keeps me sort of calibrated. You know, yeah, <laughs> keeps absolutely. me sort of aware of the spectrum of things I could feel. Yeah. But it's just nice to not stay there and get lost there for weeks or months or yeah, whatever. I know what you mean. But I think that being a performer, I think we all have that kind of euphoria afterwards. You know, you and sometimes I don't know how to deal with it. It's almost, if it's been especially good. You are you're just like I don't know what to fucking do with this. I don't know what to, you know, and 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 it's it's a it's a strange one, isn't it? What we with what we do, and it sometimes I'll get a I'll get like after a gig, and I'll be like, oh, that was great, really enjoyed that. But sometimes I'm just like absolutely just buzzing, and you just go, I don't, I don't know what to do with this energy now. And uh, so what what do you, you do? Know, I just have to kind of I walk I go I, I end up kind of I either go and have a drink with some friends. I'll, I'll say, look, you're around. Is anyone around? Can we go and have a drink? Or I'll just take a walk back to the station and put some music on and I'll just calm down, you know, and just like get my head together and go, that was, that was fun. That was good fun. Yeah. Whereas years ago, I would have just gone nuts and I would have, it wouldn't have been just like anyone around. It was like, right, let's, we need to go and do something. Let's make a phone call. Let's get naughty. And they would just I'd go off and press the fuck it switch. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that's, so that's it. But yeah, Richard Hardesty's on, he, he talks about lithium and what did oh. you say it was? Uh, Lamotrigine. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what he called it. That's what he was. Oh, it's Lamictil as well. It just says right. like the brand name, and then there's the medicine itself name. Right. <laughs> it's very complicated. The medicine <laughs> side. I, I can't. I'm going to go and check that out actually because I really want to hear. You the, actually have met to him on the Royal Mile. Oh wow, that's so cool. Remember when we chatted about yeah, it? Yeah, and he said, "What's your show about?" You said, "Oh well, I've got bipolar." bipolar. And he said, and he "Me said, too." Oh my God, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh that's, right. Oh, that's so cool. That's Richard oh, Hard. Yeah, Richard Hardesty, and. Uh, yeah, even when I spoke to him, before, I spoke to him earlier, and he was, and he, he'd said he had a moment. He was like, it was just, he was just, I'm just, I really just, I'm just, I'm up at the minute, and I'm, and I'm buzzing, and I'm just, and you're like, yeah, I know, I can see, you know, but <laughs> yeah, but he's not, he's not, you know, he's not taking his trousers off and walking to Margate. 
which is, yeah. which, is which is good. Which is good. So you've got you know you've you've got a handle on it now, and you've got the medication. Yes, and, I mean, and, yeah. Something that's really helped is you know I stopped drinking three and a half years ago now, yeah, right. um, which has really helped sort of level me out. Yeah. And yeah, the the sort of looking into my love addiction has really helped as well. Yeah. And I just wanted to clarify from earlier on, you know, if you're if you're in recovery from love addiction, you don't have to stop having sex and stop having relationships or anything like that. That's mm. not how you solve the problem. Um, but, you know, you just start to become more aware, aware of sort of the damaging behavior that you do and you kind of just stop doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, I could have sex if I wanted to and I could get into a relationship if I wanted to, but it would have to follow certain rules that mm. I sort of make um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, and yeah. they would have to be happy to cohabit with with me. Also. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting, yeah, yeah. it's an interesting uh, situation that people are going to be getting involved in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes we're walking down the street and I catch a, a saucy stranger's eye, and I kind of think, ooh, and then Tabby kind of like holds my hands, pretending that she's my lover. Yeah. <laughs> but you get mistaken for lovers quite often. Right. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, suppose I don't you, mind. You, you have to, I mean, <laughs> if one of you brought one of the, yeah someone back and uh, they go, yeah, no, I'm just gonna listen. My sister's asleep in the top bunk. <laughs> <We> can, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, nah, she'll be fine. No, she's got headphones on. What? Yeah, exactly. I'm like a little dog, you know, at the door waiting for her to come home. Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? Yeah, so that, that hasn't happened yet. Um, Maybe it will one well, day. Well, maybe it will. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> and it, going back to what you were saying about with the the, love, the sex and love addiction, and, and I wasn't I wasn't uh, poo pooing those uh, meetings. It's, it's, it's very yeah. important for people. I know people that still go to them, and you know it just wasn't for me. I was I, I wasn't a sex addict. I was just addicted to the the beginning of a relationship, and so and now and now I'm, again, like you've just said. I'm very much aware of what I'm like. So instead of running away, like meeting someone and going, right, we're moving in together. This is the best thing ever. You're the one, you're the one, you're the one, which is what I used to do. And then suddenly we moved in together like really quickly. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, 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 shit. I've done it again. And then not, not being out, being embarrassed, not being able to, I didn't want to make that person feel shit, but then I'd make it shit because I can't explain myself. Yeah. And that's what kept happening. So then... I had to go, yeah, I went to the meetings. And the meetings did help. I went to a couple. I went to one couple in London and then one in Manchester when I was there. And I did find it helped just to know that other people are going through similar things, yeah. you know. I think that was it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, if it gets to the point where <laughs> you feel really, really suicidal about, you mm. know, break up or something similar or your relationship's not going well so it's just absolutely ruining your life and your mental state then it is really something to look into yeah. and the thing yeah. is to say it all sort of like works together doesn't it you know like my bipolar I'm medicated and I'm sort of not drinking and sort of dealing with my unhealthy relationship patterns mm. so it all kind of feeds into each other but sometimes I do sort of feel a little bit like God, I'm being so good. Life is so boring right now. <laughs> but then I have to remind myself of all of the good things that have happened only yeah. because I'm sort of working on my mental state and trying to stay sane. And, yeah. um, you know, it's not really worth throwing it all away. No, I think that's the key, isn't it? Is to remind yourself of where you're at, what you've got. 
and not press the fuck it switch, which is what yeah. we all do. And it could be either way. It could be you're feeling down, so you go, fuck it. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go and do whatever. Or I'm feeling really good. Fuck it. I'm going to yeah. go and do this. And so it's walking that fine line. It's so hard to do. Isn't 100%. It? Well, yeah. To, to kind of, um, you know, me and Chloe were both quite intense people. Um, and, you know, we we were really like focused in the lead up to the fringe. You know, we were just so worried about the show and just being in Edinburgh in general and just, you know, will we lose our voices because our show's sung through and, you know, that's yeah. really important to us that, you know, what if Chloe breaks her finger and she can't play guitar, our show would be ruined. You know, all, right. all these, you all really of these what ifs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of these what ifs, you know, that, that yeah. every performer goes through, you know, to some extent in the lead up. Uh, and um, while we were at the Fringe, I wasn't drinking either because mostly because I was so worried about, you know, my voice and just my stamina for the month of performing every day. And and also partly as well, you know, because Chloe can't drink. So, yeah. you know, it's not it's not really fun if I'm getting really drunk after every show, like, woo, one more down. And <laughs> Chloe's just there having like a mint tea. Um, but like, I, I really didn't notice how much I struggled kind of in a social setting without the kind of blanket oh, of, yeah, of having I a couple that. of beers or yeah. standing there at an awkward event, but you've got a kind of, you know, glass of lukewarm Prosecco that just sort of gives you that armor of being able to say hello to people. And I was like, wow, fuck, this is so anxiety inducing, like not having the ability to kind of blow off steam by drinking or being a little bit braver when you've had a yeah. drink. And it gave me like a whole new respect for Chloe um, because like since we've started this career like she hasn't had a drink because I remember our first live <laughs> performance that we had done was yeah. the the first round of the musical comedy awards last year and um oh, wow yeah uh, and I was we we were both shitting ourselves weren't we Chloe we were so so scared um because also it was just after the pandemic just as the world was opening up so not only had we not performed together in about 10 years we also yeah. <laughs> just hadn't really <laughs> gone out and wow. seen anyone and after that show I was I had a lot to drink because I was just like the relief you know just the relief of having performed yeah. and got it out and, and managed to not fuck up too badly <laughs> um you know and it was just like god and Chloe just has the same amount of fun but she's sober and then the next yeah. day she's the one laughing because she wakes up like shiny eyed like good morning <laughs> and, <laughs> and everyone else is really horribly hung over yeah um so we're kind of like finding new ways to sort of treat ourselves after a big event mm. um chloe has a new hobby which is uh, salsa dancing yeah, what? that's right. Yeah, I just <laughs> basically, you know, Tabby's sort of a trained dancer because she studied musical theatre and stuff. So she's and when even when she was young, she was doing you know some dancing in when she was growing up. But I've just never really done dancing. I was doing like classical guitar and stuff like that instead, or writing songs or whatever on my guitar too. Yeah. Um, or horse riding or whatever, and so yeah, basically, I just decided well, I better start learning how to dance just in case. We go to work with dance, <laughs> just in case. I don't know, just in case just what? Just in Chloe? case what, yeah. Good point. <laughs> just, just we find ourselves in a dance battle. Yes. Yeah, you never know <laughs> you when know. it's going to happen. You never That's know. the thing with these things. They just come so, out of nowhere. It's because sometimes, you know, like we, we sometimes we 
collaborate online with you know other musical theatre people and then they're like right and now let's do a little dance step and I'm like I don't I don't know what, what? that entails yeah. what what is that step will change who you know I yeah. don't know <laughs> so I thought oh I'm just learning gonna learn a bit of salsa just to improve my coordination and now yeah I'm obsessed I have four pairs of salsa shoes I have about 10 different salsa dresses oh and I'm God. always you know I, I begged Tabby to come with me and dance as the man so that I can practice at home <laughs> and she did <laughs> so now I'm just always being like let's dance salsa tabs and she loves it too now so it's all good oh lovely and yeah. so, so your first gig live gig was at the the awards thing you said yes the, and so before that what were you doing was it on was this on TikTok that you sort of started yes this right. was you know we it was all a big accident you know, yeah. it wasn't a mistake. Like, obviously, we don't regret it. It's a good no. mistake. But basically, it was just completely random. Tabby and me, we were both upset. I was depressed because I had had the last interaction I had with my love addict, you know, situation yeah. partner. So I was really upset. And then Tabby got dumped as well. What? Yeah, I got dumped over text in, in that Christmas lockdown. You know, the, the like second lockdown we had, the November, yeah. end of November yeah. one. Um, yeah, I'd been seeing this guy for like six months at this point, seven months maybe. And um, yeah, he just dumped me over text. It was really awkward. Wow. And me and Chloe had just moved in together um, in Brighton. Where you're from? Where I'm, oh, yes, where, well, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I'm living. Yeah. But we're from Hove, actually. <laughs> Hove, actually. That's what it's called as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hove, actually. Yeah. So we were, we were living together in this little flat in Hove and uh, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't, go outside because we were in our second Christmas lockdown and yeah we both just had these horrible experiences with our our lovers yeah. and um and like Tabby was a bit more depressed than me which is normally the other way around mm. you know normally she's the nurturer of the relationship she cooks for us does more of the like more of the cleaning I say more because well, it's just... not much <laughs> As discussed previously, move the piles. I've just tied it up. There we go. There's a space for the cat. So anyway, because she was so depressed, I was like doing my best to cook really horrible things. But uh, you know, I was I was trying. Mm. I was cooking like tortellini, only three minutes in the pan. You know, it was it was good. I was trying my best, and um, I kind of found some TikTok challenges. And Tabby's really strong. She always has been. She's like Mm. very muscular. And I was like, oh, Tabby, Tabby, there's some little you know weightlifting exercises here. Can we um? try them out you know we should join tiktok and try it and she was just like what and she thought it was really weird <laughs> but then we did and then once well it turned out there are actually only about three ways i can physically lift my sister above okay. my head which is you a know. sentence i didn't think i'd hear today <laughs> you know we kind of thought this would be our new thing and like yeah. every day we could post a new cool move but i mean fuck me it's really hard and <laughs> so you know three days in we were like okay we're gonna have to think of a new niche because this this isn't gonna work and uh we just got this idea in our head we had just been you know we just wrote a musical parody to a Coldplay song about our exes and we filmed it like really quite craply on our phones and we recorded yeah. the audio through our like you know like headphone microphone yeah. on garage band and um edited it together and posted it on TikTok, and it went viral. Right. Yeah, but the thing is that we didn't know what TikTok was for. We, I had only just seen these random weightlifting challenges. I thought it was just lip syncing, stuff like that. But once we actually were on it, we were like, oh, my goodness, there's, like, acting and music. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, we could get involved. Let's do that. So that's sort of why we yeah, we just didn't know what it was. And then right, once we right, did right. know what it was, we were like, wow, we should be 
creating on this app. It's amazing. So yeah. we did. So we did that one. Then we did some Chicago parodies, modern day Chicago about dating apps, Hinge, Tinder, etc. And um, that that sort of really took off. And then we yeah. were like, wow, let's just keep going. And we did. Uh, those uh, parodies were the ones that that broke the kind of million mark. You know, yeah. so they went viral enough that people we actually knew started posting them on Instagram and sending us messages saying, is this you? Yeah, and we yeah, were like, yeah. oh, shit, actually, yeah. I mean, I we only yeah. we posted it to our 10 followers on TikTok, but now they've blown up and kind of gone across to another platform. So oh, I've seen the Coldplay one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've oh, forgotten I'd seen it until you mentioned it. <laughs> that's not our best work. <laughs> We've got better since then. <laughs> it was good enough. Someone said someone sent it to me. I mean, have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I didn't really, you, just, you see so much, you go, oh, yeah, that's cool. But yeah. that's, yeah, it's, it's, it went everywhere. So well done. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it really kind of gave us the the oomph, really, to, to yeah. start creating again, because we, we really missed performing together. Um, and we hadn't done it for so long. And it's, you know, I, 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 it's so weird, because I had, you know, when I was at drama school, I really, really wanted to be a, like, super serious actress, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I just remember just trying so hard to be taken seriously. And, you know, it wasn't working. <laughs> it didn't no, work so, out. You, so you went the other way. <laughs> so I went the other way. Yeah. But I remember my mum always used to say, that was so funny. And I'd be like, it wasn't meant to be fucking funny, mum. It's Lady Macbeth. <laughs> you know? yeah, how you know? dare you, mother? <laughs> how dare you? Um, you know, and she would just be like, you should do comedy. You should do comedy. But I found it really daunting. I thought it was really, really scary. And um, the mm. idea of, of of doing comedy. So, I mean, I mean, this is probably speaks to our codependency issues as well. <laughs> but the fact that we can do it together makes it a lot yeah. more manageable for me. Uh, is it scary for you still to this day when you get on stage and have to do stand up and stuff like that? Do you think, wow, this might go terribly? I might want to kill myself later. Or are you <laughs> I, like, all right? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all right. I'm actually all right because I've been doing it long enough now. You kind of go, right, 19 years, you know what you're doing. You know, it's always, if it's a new, if it's a, you know, a room you've not played before, there's always an apprehension and you can't, and there's always a little bit of, oh, yeah, I hope, I, I hope it goes well tonight. I hope they like what I say. Um, you know, every now and again you get it wrong, but those gaps in between the shit gigs get longer. So it's, wow. you know, so that that's something to think about. But yeah, if I think about it too much, I did it the other day. I remember just before I went on, I'm just, I, my, this thought just popped into my head. Why the fuck do I do this? <laughs> and I was like, don't think that, don't think that. And I was just really, whereas normally just walk out, you don't, you see the people, but you don't really see them. You kind of walk out yeah. and you're kind of like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. But if you really look... If you have a moment where you look, you go, oh, shit. If you think about it too much, you'll, you'll fuck yourself up. <laughs> just gotta not, try not to think yeah. about it too much because otherwise you'll, you'll shit yourself. Well, you know? um, that's good to hear because you can mm. tell me maybe in 20 years we'll feel all right about it. But like, <laughs> we're still sort of very nervous in yeah. general. You know, and like you I, do, yeah. I am always thinking it's a lot to do with, you know, I'm worried about the sound and mm. you know as musicians i really want make want to make sure that our words can be heard above the instruments and the tracks you know there's a lot of moving yeah. parts that, that always freak me out a little bit yeah but yeah that's still that doesn't go away and <laughs> okay. i think it, you go, it, I mean, it goes away to a certain extent but what happens is you get you get the skills to be able to deal with when the when the tech fucks up so mm. if the track goes or the sound goes 
you can I, I can now do a gig without without a microphone I could just do it in fact I sometimes prefer it because I'm more free nice. but you are you kind of get used to it and you kind of the tech tech fails you'll and then the first time it happens you'll oh shit oh shit oh shit but then as you when you go away and you go oh, if only I'd have said that that would have been that would have been funny if I just <laughs> you know so then then so what happens next because that that is guaranteed to happen again and it's like if you get heckled the first time you get heckled with something and you, you don't come back with anything and you look stupid or you feel stupid and you'll go away and you go, oh, I should have said that. And I guarantee you that same heckle will come again at some point and you'll go bang and everyone goes, oh my God, where did that come from? <laughs> they don't know that you've been, they don't know that you've been sitting on that for six months. You know that. You've you gone know. over every possibility in the shower. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow, if I had said that, yeah, yeah. if only I'd come up with that. <laughs> exactly. And then suddenly, boom, it was like, oh my God, that was so, so spontaneous. <laughs> like, so you get you just get all these new skills to just to be just present in the room with what's going on, and not to worry if it fucks up. You just make it part of the show and just you know just go with it. You know it, yeah. it, it all comes it all comes with stage time, and that's the most important thing: stage time and just not being a prick to everybody. If you can manage <laughs> that, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, something really interesting that I found as well is like when we make our videos, you know you know, we're the director, we're, we're, we and our mum and dad sometimes mm. are the cameramen, you know, we do the audio, we do the, the the lighting, we set up all the angles, you know, we do the editing, we do the captions, we do the everything. Yeah. And it's like, it's very much like we're so in control of the product that goes out that it, it just feels very like we, we do the work, we put it out there and then it's mm. done. And yeah. then, it's, it's like a finished little 45 second thing that, you know, is kind of out there now so we can kind of forget about it and people comment on it and whatever. And, you know, we're, we're, we are very, very lucky with our, with our TikTok channel that we've tapped into just a really gorgeous community. And it's quite rare that we get horrible comments. And if we do get horrible comments, they're normally from like, you know, 13 year old boys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're too old to be on TikTok. We hate you. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Whereas, you know, when we're on stage, it's just, it's so alive, the comedy. It's like, it's a conversation with you in the audience and like, they're involved. It's not like, yeah. just sit there and watch us and then say what you want afterwards, but not to us. You can just say it to each other. It's like, you know, they're looking at you like this and you can literally see either the joy or the like slight ennui uh, in their yeah. eyes. And it's like, it's just so magical to be, and frightening, yeah. obviously, to be that's, like in amongst it. It's terrifying. It's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. And if you overthink it, you, you, you'll never do it. But... I think that the trick is, like I said, to just be in the moment with with your surroundings and whatever happens, happens. I know you've got you've got a certain you know songs go a certain way. You've got probably got for the show, it's got a pattern, it's got a, a trajectory that has to follow and all that sort of thing. But don't be scared if it fucks up and to come out of it and go. It doesn't normally go like this. I tell you, we're supposed to, at this point we're supposed to be doing blah blah blah. But because of this, now we've got to do blah 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 and just have fun with it because then people get an experience as well. They get a show that other people might not get. You know, it's a, they're in a moment going, oh, that was funny when the thing fucked up. And then they, but they did the thing and, you know, but that all comes from time and experience and that'll all come along. But just enjoy it. I think because if you enjoy it, then the audience enjoys what you're doing. You know, that's, that's the thing with live performances. And um, I'm just now getting my head around TikTok. Not as, just because I kind of never took any notice of it. I kind of put a couple of bits up didn't take any notice but now I've had a few people explain to me how you do it like there's a friend of my wife and he's massive on TikTok does all these videos about these costumes that he does and he was explaining to her so 
we're, when we move, we're moving to Worthing next week. And uh, once we've done that and we get it all set up, then we're going to start doing some stuff. So, yeah, gonna... well, look, we'll give you some tips if you like. Yes, well. that'd we be can lovely. Tell you some stuff. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. I am, as you've just said, because there is that thing where you go, oh, yeah, you're too old to be on there. You go, no, you're not. There's, there's loads of different ages on there. Oh, no, you're not at all. You're, fine. you're, you're yeah. fine. You know, we, this is another misconception we had about it. We thought mm. it was going to be. Yeah, young people, but actually there are plenty of people from all ages and as time goes on, more and more older people are getting on the app anyway. Yeah. And even with our own audience, people assume that our audience is like teenagers, but it's really not. We have the breakdown of their ages and the biggest chunk of our audience is people our own age. Oh, wow. 25 to 36 or something. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, and there are plenty of... Yeah, there's there's a lot of like... um, you know, six-year-olds or so on TikTok and 70-year-olds on TikTok, aren't they? And they, they've made a huge community out of that and it's, it's really yeah. cool. I think it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's like keeping a positive spin on it all. And, uh, and then it's taken you to the Soho Theatre, which is incredible. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're really excited. Yeah, it's a great be. space, you know. We, yeah, for our tech yesterday, we, we were really sort of excited because once we put all of our little props in there, it felt really like our yeah. home for the next for next week and it felt really awesome yeah it's mad isn't it that when you get it's because you you know you've been to shows you've seen other people doing shows and it's weird when it's your own stuff and you're you're setting it up and make sure the lights are just how you want them and the sound and the sound cues and yeah it's exciting and i just want you to enjoy every single minute of it oh thank you honestly, <laughs> honestly that, that's that's all you that's all you need to worry about enjoying it that's it Anything, everything else will get taken care of, so don't worry. Um, and so the dates for that are? It's on the 4th, 5th and 6th of April at 9.15pm. Excellent, excellent. And we've got the SohoTheatre.com link there. We can link that to get, click that, get some tickets. I, I, I've seen the clips of you and I know it's going to be a brilliant show. Thanks, Rich. You know, I was feeling a bit, you know, stressed being the week before the show, but I'm really glad we came on today because I feel a bit better already. Yeah, yeah thank you for sharing yeah. some wisdom. That's really kind. Hey, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Uh, I want to say thank you, Tabby and Chloe, for coming on the show. It's been a real joy. Uh, we're going to put the links up where we can find you on the socials, uh, Sugar Coated Sisters, and I just wish you all the best with it. I will say this, um, learning the double bass. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. That's quite. What? Why the double bass? Oh, well, you see, I was always really jealous of of Chloe and uh, our younger brother Alfie because they're mm. both, you know, s- stunning guitar players, really, really good. Right. Okay. Um, and I tried to learn guitar, but my brain and my style of learning was just not up for it. Like I yeah. didn't. I used to get told off for staring out the window at my little brother and sister playing on the trampoline and just being like, why can't I just go and do that? I just didn't like it. Um, And then I had a really lovely music teacher um, at school who just said to me one day, he said, you're you're a really good singer. You've got a really good ear. Um, Why don't you try the double bass? Because there are no frets. And I was like, oh, okay. And so and I was like, wow, this is amazing because there are no frets so you know you you learn where to put your fingers and where the frets are but you you kind of use your ear to to flip around Ah. and it was just it was a much more easy way for me to kind of get my head around actually playing an instrument and I I I just love it I love it so much I mean I don't play it technically very well or very correctly uh, but I play it in the way that works for me with my pathetic little fingers you know (laughs) (laughs) that's the same as me I've got tiny little hands and I think (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, they're just little mitts. I don't know how I hang on to anything or do anything. It's rubbish. But I think the double base is the way to go. I fancy it. I think I'm going to yeah. do that. Yeah, well, that'd be great. Find a little, a three-quarter sized one. That's what okay. I've got. Because um, I tried to play a full-size one once and I was like, whoa, okay. I can't even get my hand around that. It's like trying Ooh. to play a wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but I, I want to say thank you both for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a real joy. Um, and so, yes, I say, let us know where you are on the socials. Are you on your Instagram, Twitter? Uh, on TikTok, we are at Sugarcoated Sisters. And on Instagram, we are The Sugar Code Sisters. And on Facebook as well, The Sugar Code Sisters. Excellent. Wow, the producer has done a great job here because it's yes, right there. Right see, now. We not, I love see, we that. not muck around. <laughs> well done. Well awesome. done, producer thank you, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Tabby and Chloe. Thank you so much. Good luck with it all. And I'm sure I'll see you out and about on the circuit. Uh, this has been Insane in the Membrane. I've been Rich Wilson. This has been The Sugar Coated Sisters. We'll see you next time. Insane in the Membrane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.